good evening everybody uh i think i am live now so good evening to everybody warm wishes wherever you are listening to me my name is dr ashish and i specialize in natural fertility or using natural therapies natural medicine herbs um to enhance your fertility while you are going through natural conception or that you are going through ivf and you would like to uh have a better chance at ivf so right now i'm trying uh going live and not trying but i am going live on um in the group that i have fertility conceive naturally uh i am also going live on my profile on facebook and also i am live right now on instagram and this will go out as a podcast afterwards as well so it's a uh, too many places that i am uh this giving it an attempt so thank you for watching and uh, for engaging if you have any questions feel free to ask if you have any um experiences to share do share with me i would love to hear from you um hi hello mr ramshankar so this is uh this live is and all my lives are very very specific to do with fertility so these are not about general health but more uh, about natural health uh, with fertility how to conceive better and everything fertility wise from a natural point of view so today's live is about ivf which is in vitro fertilization as we know we also know it as test tube baby uh because that's where uh, babies are conceived in this case and what is my perspective on it overall you know what happens through the the whole process of ivf half an hour is not enough and i will not be able to cover uh, maybe not even one aspect of it perhaps when we do live on sunday i'll cover a bit more i will also talk about how i support my clients my couples who are going through ivf and they are and i work with them and helping them to conceive better so yeah so ivf as i see it and also um yeah so let's just have a chat how my, what is my perspective and what i think about it um so i am somebody who had ivf myself i have twins uh, from ivf uh, a boy and a girl they are 13 now and you know what happened during that cycle and how what i saw and how now what is happening with ivf cycles at present so i want to talk not specifically about the medical process of ivf but what happens when you um you are chosen to have ivf or you choose yourself to do an ivf if you are on a fertility journey and then what happens before uh, you get to that point during the actual process of ivf and then when that particular cycle finishes um and what happens afterwards so that is my um uh, attempt here to uh, you know to give my viewpoint uh, so i i am a practitioner of natural medicine uh, an ayurvedic uh, practitioner also called vedyas and i am a medical herbalist and a trained yoga practitioner and also an nlp practitioner 
However, I am more of an integrated uh, medical practitioner. I do have a viewpoint that we can combine all the medicines together to give the better health for people because that's what it's all about. It's a, when, when you are sick, you don't really care where the health comes from or where, how do you get better as long as you get better. Um, however, with natural medicine, with natural herbs, therapies, a lot of natural paradigms that we use, we preserve health much better. And that is my goal even with the fertility uh, work that I do is how to preserve the health of couples of women who are going through a um, number of procedures to do with uh, fertility, trying to have a, a baby, uh, trying naturally, or they are going through IVF and what happens with them. And how can I make that process better for them? How can we have a better outcome? How can we have a baby without uh, destroying their health? So, yeah, I was talking about my uh, IVF cycle, which was now 14 years ago because my twins are 13 years old. And this is something which um, before I had IVF, I had ectopic pregnancy, which was the same year in 2007. And um, following that, I conceived around August time, uh, 2007. So my twins were born in April 2008. And this is um you know the actual process so what happened that we decided that we want to go for uh, ivf and looked at the best clinics in the country and the clinic that we had near us was um holly house uh, which is in east london and this clinic at that time was number if, if i'm not wrong number five uh, in the list from top and being closest was easier to do because distance also matters, you know, how far you have to go. Um, at that time, I probably didn't realize the number of appointments and, you know, before I started. Um, but now I know for sure uh, distance makes makes us much better. If it is closer to you, then it is much better to go to appointments and all of that. And we thought, okay, we want to give uh, a trial, we want to try IVF. And my uh, point being an Ayurvedic practitioner, being a natural medicine practitioner was that um, IVF is invasive and I didn't initially want to go through IVF. And then uh, I also thought that maybe this is how my path is uh, to have a baby and or babies in this case. And that uh, if I'm going to go down this path, I will give it one trial. I will go and do IVF once. So that was the mindset. That was um, that's what I thought when I initially started it. And um, thought of it, selected the clinic, uh, made initial you know inquiries at the clinic, and then made an appointment to go and see. The main clinic, uh, the practitioner, I do not remember doctor's name now, but the main head of the clinic, we went and saw him. And straight away, uh, because we, we wanted to start the procedure straight away, and, you know, here we go. They asked us to come back and explain the whole process, how it's going to work out, how the sperm samples are going to be collected, 
and how you have to provide sperm samples and you know what is going to happen with the collecting of the eggs and uh, the whole thing so the moment we kind of found out about the clinics to the point of making an appointment was time scale wise um i don't think it was even more than a month or two months at the most and we went there and had from the point we had the consultation there with the ivf clinic to the point of me being pregnant was about three weeks, three to four weeks. Yeah. So it was uh, just literally that uh, quick. And I also remember, if I remember correctly, with all the documents that they give you and, uh, you know, advice that they give you, there was uh, no dietary, there was no nutritional advice that was given or not even suggested. Um, I think there was counseling uh, or counselor's uh, name was mentioned on the notes, if I do remember correctly, and that was it. But it was not highlighted enough or it was not mentioned enough that you must go and see somebody or uh, that we recommend that you go and see, see somebody. It was just part of their notes that they uh, gave um, us. And that was it. And then... What happens is um, the moment uh, I was pregnant, I was discharged from the IVF clinic. And then you are under your GP's care or whoever you choose, if you wish to choose private care or private gynecologist for yourself. And I know and from my own experience and I know from my patient's experiences that that point when you are discharged, which can be, which is very early on, uh, you have just got pregnant and we know that many a times women do miscarry after that point that initial um, point where you you got pregnant there may be an initial scan as well which which it was in my case uh, early pregnancy scan and then they discharged me um, and that happens with other uh, patients as well I know and I know that patients have mentioned that point where they feel almost lost because or feel that this is a, you know, it's cruel to be just leaving patients like that. So it it was for me as well, I, I also do recognize the fact that I'm a practitioner myself. So many of the things that happen in clinics or with doctors, I'm very familiar with the whole uh, scenario and I'm not uh, as apprehensive going into a clinic or into a hospital. And I do realize that when, because when I see patients and when I see clients and when they are going into these procedures and then they now they are on their own to navigate their path further down the road of IVF, it's like it it is overwhelming and scary. So that's uh, what happened with me. And, um, you know, that's what happens with the process of IVF. And I'm also going to talk about when when it does not happen, it does not end up in pregnancy, what happens then? Yeah. So in my case, it was there was pregnancy and then went to GP and the whole process and it, it was all fine, you know, going through the whole process and had full term pregnancy that up to 37 weeks with the twins. So what happens with other people who are going through IVF, um, 
to the point where they have been uh, they have been suggested IVF by their gynecologists, by their GPs, doctors, to the point of actually making first appointment in IVF. Now, we also know that throughout the UK, uh, there is IVF lottery system, which means that not every borough offers uh, the same number of IVF cycles. The age limit is different for everyone. Um, even the fact that there may be homosexual couples, they have to go through some more tests and uh, they also have to, there is a tax which they have to pay. So the, it is different from borough to borough, from council to council. So you may not be suggested uh, in one council, you may be given one IVF cycle, whereas compared to another council where you're given more than one IVF cycle, depending on your age. So there is a huge disparity. And that is why it is, it's really is uh, like a, playing a mind game because you you don't know what is what is going to be your lottery you know what is going to fall in your lap and how you're going to end up having how many cycles on nhs uh and if it is not an on nhs then it is um you have to fund them privately so from the point of uh first thinking about maybe that you will have to go through um ivf to the point of actually going and seeing the first consultation. Uh, it could be months in between. We know that now for sure, since the COVID has happened, that uh, waiting list is uh, huge. And in, in many cases, it, there is still huge waiting list for um, couples to you know get on that IVF. Um, also that if your age was, if you were in that age bracket where you, uh, where you, your borough had a cutoff point or your council had a cutoff point, then you already lost that, uh, perhaps that chance of having a, a NHS funded IVF. And within NHS also, there are different funding systems as well. Sometimes you can pay for the second cycle, 50% of it, you can fund yourself and they pay 50%. So there are a number of variations and you have to, um, understand all of them you have to understand how your council is working and to realize uh, which can add on uh, which can add another extra pressure or another layer of pressure to you because uh, there is already pressure you already are on that journey where pregnancy is not happening you're not able to conceive yet and on top of that you also have to mind that maybe you're getting late in terms of council's cutoff point so that could be weeks and months. And by the time you actually get to the cycle, actually get to start uh, the IVF process. And then the IVF process itself, um, you know, generally is one cycle where your eggs are going to be collected in women's case and um, a fresh sample of sperms are also collected in that cycle. And that means in that particular cycle, you will be given a number of drugs which you have to start uh, beforehand and keep taking them until they collect your sample. And if it is a cycle where you are uh, doing fresh embryo transfer, that it's a cycle they've collected the eggs and then eggs and sperms are, uh, you know, they are, they are being fertilized in a tube, uh, and then put back in the embryos put back into uh, 
the uterus. That is called fresh embryo transfer. And if that is happening in that particular one cycle, then it is a process not more than a month, a month and a half. Uh, many a times, if uh, when they're looking at collecting the eggs and the number of eggs is not enough, and you might have to then go through another cycle of uh, stimulation where they want to collect more eggs because even with all the drugs, even with all the uh, injections, the number of eggs may not be enough depending on the age and depending on many other factors. So it's not just that one cycle that you're taking all the drugs that you're taking, there may be another cycle or there may be other issue that can happen one of the things that happen in IVF cycle is the drugs that are given can cause the hyperstimulation of the ovaries. And if that happens, uh, again, that has to be managed and monitored, which means that you may not be able to have the fresh embryo transfer, um, perhaps that cycle, and you have to then wait for it to calm down. So this is, um, you know, Sorry. Yeah, so this is, um, sorry, there was a question, <laughs> got distracted. Uh, so this is just, this is very, very, um, obviously very technical and only perhaps those understand who are going through IVF uh, because I do support a lot of couples who are going through IVF right now and what happens, um, you know, so they will probably understand this a bit more. Um, so that can prolong things. So uh, it's not always as straightforward as it may seem. So what happens when you're going through uh, the drugs which you're taking every day and it's not just one box, two boxes, it's, it's a number of boxes that now there are so many different medications. Um, there are many more medications, I think, than, than when I did it, which was now 14 years ago. Um, so what happens when then there you do get to that point when there is transfer yeah um if it is not fresh embryo transfer it will be frozen embryo transfer um and you get to that point of uh, transfer which could be not straight away which could be few months down the line so in between you're waiting to for your body to calm down or you're waiting for other test results uh, to come back and then you are going through the transfer. So what can happen once you have had the transfer? So when you have the transfer, there is two weeks of waiting period, uh, more or less, before you can test uh, whether you're pregnant or not. Um, and that waiting period, the more I hear from patients and clients and discussions, uh, it is very, very, very uh, hard and difficult and stressful time where you are constantly thinking about whether you're pregnant, whether you're not. And also that you might, the urge to test yourself that, you, you know, shall I test today, five days, six days, seven days. And I know that many women then test because it is just so un, uncontrollable urge to find out. Uh, many a times you may start to feel the symptoms um, and many a times uh, you don't feel any symptom. But whatever is happening in your body at that time, any twinge, any, any little thing that happens, you know, you're going to be thinking 
every possibility uh, and generally we think quite negative things about no okay so this is not happening or oh, this is this is a failed cycle or oh, that we are not pregnant or oh, i'm going to miscarry all sorts of thoughts that that go on in that two weeks there's probably the two longest weeks that i hear from couples um hi the question is major issues generally couples faced after or during ivf is emotional stress absolutely yeah emotional stress is there from the start um especially when couples do get to the point of ivf which means they have been trying for a while and it hasn't happened naturally it hasn't happened through iui it hasn't happened through clomid it hasn't happened through any other method they have used and now they have come to the point where they have been suggested or they chose themselves to go for ivf there is already that that emotional stress is built up and that uh, that is a huge 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 amount of stress um which we underestimate and we don't um think about about it and we sometimes brush under the carpet that especially if couple then is successful in in being pregnant they may not think about that emotional stress and just brush it under the carpet but it that that stress that built up does not go away even when you do have the baby so you are right uh ankit um so where was i i was talking about um when you are waiting for those two weeks for to find out whether you are pregnant or not and then when you do actually test it so obviously two possibilities one is that you do get pregnant uh test is positive and then the whole you know scenario changes you start from there onwards thinking about uh, the whole pregnancy and everything um positive about it the other scenario is if the test is negative um and then to realize that your ivf cycle has not worked this time or it has failed this time so what happens uh, going further down that route yeah so emotional stress as is already mentioned uh, in the question here uh, is already there also the you know the whole hype the whole um the whole looking forward to being pregnant and then the disappointment of not being pregnant and then i think one of the things that happen to all of us when something doesn't work we are looking for answers why it did not work yeah and we are going through every single test any diagnostic test anything that is possible that we can test with the eggs with the sperms with the embryos with our health with the uterus um that is available there for now for us to test uh we test all of that when a cycle does not work so and the time scale that we have right so two weeks you're waiting and then you if you find out you're pregnant that that's a different route uh, then you are discharged from ivf clinic and then you go to your uh, doctor and you start that journey there and you go to midwife and you know that's a different path and when the ivf does not work and the success rate of ivf uh, the max at the max with everything best possible and still there is no guarantee of ivf working even with the everything done um to the best is at the most around say 
30, 32%, yeah, which means that in over 70% of people, the chances are that first time it is not going to work. And then, then starts the whole thing about analyzing. And of course, the emotional roller coaster ride that happens with that. I've spoken about stress and chronic stress uh, in my previous lives as well. And here we are talking about the, I'm particularly talking about the time scale of the things, the actual practical process of IVF. And so when you then check or testing yourself, so that is not that all the tests are done in one day. You may be going through test after test for next few weeks. Yeah. And also that you are realizing that this IVF cycle hasn't worked, then what next? Whether there is another IVF cycle or that this was the only IVF cycle you're going to get on NHS and what next? Now we have to fund this IVF cycle and we didn't even think about it or we did think about it, but we don't know where now to start because this hasn't worked. That means, and obviously most of the couples, when you're in that position where you've tried for something hasn't worked, you, you're thinking, okay, where did we go wrong? What did we do wrong uh, this time that it hasn't worked? And then starts the whole thing again. And imagine if you have to do this whole process, which could be from the moment, even if you only talk about one particular cycle of IVF, we could be talking about few months. If it is pretty straightforward, then we're talking about two months, two, two and a half months. If we are looking at other complications that are uh, that can happen, we are lo maybe looking at few months uh, from the beginning to the end. Sorry, what happened to my screen? So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so that, uh, you know, that is the thing that I'm uh, discussing particularly today is the time scale of IVF. And also to think about that IVF now as is seen by many, many, many people. I am the one who had IVF, so I am not against IVF. This is about realizing the possibilities of IVF. And also, um, when I do live again, I will be talking about how you can prepare a bit more, perhaps a little more yourself at any stage of IVF. Where can you fit in natural therapies, natural medicine, herbs, essential oils, um, mindset training, pranayama, and yoga, where can you fit in this whole sequence of IVF? So I will be discussing that uh, possibly on Sunday, um, Sunday morning when I do live. So today it is just to highlight the, and, and this is not even, I mean, the time is kind of up. I've been talking about half an hour and still not covered uh, anything much to do with this is I've given really really simplistic scenario here and I know that that is not the case an average number of IVF cycles that couples are doing is between three and five they are generally given the package of three or five uh, cycles from the IVF clinics as well so the point here I think the overall point of me discussing as I started with is integrating IVF and natural medicine. There is more possibility, there are more chances. Also, even if um, you do not end up being pregnant, 
the chances of damaging your health are less. Side effects of drugs will be less. Um, and if you're working with a, with a natural medicine mentor or practitioner like myself, then the chances of being uh, a little perhaps, uh, you know, there, there is more support there and you feel as if you are not just on your own going through this whole process, not even once, but many times. And of course, I know and I've seen patients who have through, been through this journey multiple times, not two times, three times, four times, many more times than that. And that that is a choice. Uh, everybody has a right to make their own choice. Whatever is suitable for you, however you want to um, choose to do this. Uh, the only point and my point of highlighting this is what can we do naturally at any step, whether you are going for natural conception or you want to conceive by IVF, what can uh, nature do for you? What can natural medicine do for you? What can herbs do for you? So that's what I'm highlighting. And I hope it made a bit of sense uh, regarding, and I'm able to highlight the practical things about the journey of IV IVF. It is probably one of the most stressful times for couples uh, one of the most stressful journeys that they can take in their lifetime. And uh, the overall nature of the whole emotional stress uh, and the chronic nature of it. And also, please remember, when even when you do have the babies after that, one or two or many, uh, you do not forget this emotional coaster ride that you were on. And also... During this ride, there are chances of miscarrying. There are chances of chemical pregnancies, much more. And the heartbreak and the stress uh, of that as well is included in it. And it does not go away when you do become parents eventually. Okay, thank you for being with me and bearing with me, listening to me. And I hope it makes sense. Feel free to ask questions now or send in, uh, you know, separately a message. If you are a couple, if you are a woman who's going through issues to do with uh, fertility and you don't know what else to uh, do, maybe something else I can do. What else I can do? How can I prepare myself? Perhaps natural medicine can help. So get in touch and I will see you on the live again on Sunday morning. Thank you. Bye-bye.